You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 316th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I am Matt, the little guy, Alan, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Little guy, we've done it. We've made it to the pinnacle of cycling. Mm-hmm. We are here. Um, everything is happening. This week yeah. is huge for cycling. Uh, massive, massive, you might say, because... Obviously, because of the British Bake Off, the oh, Great British Bake Off. See, that's exactly what I thought you were going to say. I, you know, I thought you would be in tune with this one. I thought you would pick it up. Um, the new season has dropped on Netflix here Finally. in the U.S. I, I don't know if it's uh, aired already in uh, the U.K. or wherever it's from. Um, Great British Bake Off. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, um, where, where could it be from? But episode one. Huge, huge cycling uh, uh, connotations in this one. Um, Okay. I'm assuming that uh, a former British cyclist is in the show or something. Uh, A Boardman or something? You could say. I think Boardman probably likes the sweets. That's my (laughs) guess. (laughs) That, uh, well, that is probably true. You're a little off track. Okay. uh, But that's okay. Um, No, this is uh, not, not a real life contestant but okay. i don't want to spoil too much so i won't uh i won't give away the result of the bake-off but have you ever been curious to see sir chris hoy as a cake <laughs> wait so they made a sir chris hoy cake um you know i hadn't not, been until not, right now but now i am <laughs> not just a cake a bust like a standing bust wow. of chris hoy as a cake like uh, chris hoy but he's a cake uh, that sounds really good so wait so multiple teams have to make chris hoy cakes so you get to see multiple interpretations of a chris hoy cake oh no each each uh contestant had to make a bust that was a cake of some social icon that uh that was their hero or something like that yeah and one of the contestants chose Sir Chris Hoy, oh. Olympic champion. Well, obviously that contestant is now the people's favorite for sure. Holy cow. That's awesome. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So that <laughs> that kind of wraps up Spencer's uh, cycling rela- unexpected cycling-related corner uh, for this episode. But uh, I was uh, a little blown away. The fact, I, I think more than the fact that Chris Hoy was a cake mm-hmm. in this episode... I was blown away that someone, anyone, would list a cyclist as a as a social pop icon. Like as an American, that that is just unthinkable that a random person would be like, "Oh yeah, a cyclist," mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, beyond like maybe maybe in the height of the Lance era, maybe in two thousand two or something, maybe, but still unlikely. Yeah, very unlikely. 
Especially a track sprinter. Yeah, well, yeah. You're really, like, in the it weeds. wasn't even Chris Froome. Like, <laughs> they dug deep. They went for Chris Hoy. Oh, I hope they. Did. I hope <laughs> like, they slowly went. I made Sir Chris Hoy, <laughs> and they snuck out a Hoy yeah. as opposed to a Froomey. Yeah, you could think of them uh, uh, thinking about. Oh wait, no, the Ineos kit has now got this gradient in it. I don't want to do that. I want to do a solid white British kit. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, who wants to bake easier. a gradient kit? Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Well, I feel a little I feel a little disappointed in myself now because I baked um, about half Caitlin a birthday cake the other day, and I did not make it into the shape of any cyclist. I, it was round, so I guess I could pretend that I made a disc wheel because it was black and round. So yeah, I made a disc yeah. wheel. It was a really tasty disc wheel, I have to say. Yeah, you just had to write zip on the on the, <laughs> with the frosting, and you'd be good to go. Oh, I should have done that. That's silly. silly. It was on. <laughs> it was on the day of the. It was. It was on. Oh. It was on Friday. It was on the day of the men's time trial, so it was very fitting. Everyone was probably running a rear disc. It was. It was completely on brand for the you moment. You could have frosted it uh, with the Camp Ignola like swirl that they did for yeah. a while. Oh yeah, that would have been sweet. Now she in no way would have liked this. She would have been annoyed that I had <laughs> brought cycling into yet another uh, bit of our lives where it, it didn't necessarily need to be. Um, yeah. where we were having a perfectly fine time and I, and I, um, I probably, I don't know if everybody does this, but probably many of our listeners are in the same boat of, uh, bringing cycling in, into all conversations in some way to yeah. get many of a, a look of like, come on, we almost had a whole conversation where you didn't relate this back to how, uh, so-and-so won the title in 93 and then they grew a really uh-huh. beautiful mullet or something. Well, I'll have to watch the British Bake Off. That sounds good. Um, in the meantime, yeah. I guess we could talk about World Championships. One yeah. thing I have watched. We're, well, we're on the topic of disc wheels. Uh, we should probably touch on the TT, which I got to say, of all the coverage of all the worlds, I think the swooping cinematic helicopter oh shot uh, of the of the TT course um, probably got more airtime than anything else I've seen about cycling in quite some time. Yeah, definitely the the helicopter pilot, I'm assuming it's Johnny Bunio, and the <laughs> cinematographer, um, I can't think of a cinematographer off the top of my head, um, deserve some awards because this whole world's looked amazing. Um, I mean, uh, the course was amazing for, for both the road race and the TTs, which helped, but holy cow, did they make use of every possible amazing shot like i feel like often uh races you know there's a few shots that you know of because we do them year after year and these Mm -hmm. races it felt like the despite the fact that this world was sort of put together at the last minute for a world's um it felt like the helicopter pilot and the 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 cameraman like spent they must have gone out the week before and just like done some serious recon because holy cow i mean that's quite possible um you know we've got I think F1 races there and stuff. So maybe there's like, uh, you know, talented uh, cinematographers there that are used to higher budget um, productions and they somehow, you know, got freelanced into doing this cycling event. And they were like, just have a, a, a certain level of professionalism that they're going to bring regardless. It was nice. We had a nice Bond, Bond villain esque uh, <laughs> worlds all in general. Um, Mentioned in the, so the women's TT won by uh Anna Vanderbregen, uh, yes. in pretty dominant fashion, though she maybe wouldn't have won if Chloe Dinert hadn't had something explode in her front wheel and 
Had a pretty nasty crash, though she seems to be mostly okay now. A very nasty crash. A terribly nasty crash. Um, One that I am not going back to look at ever again. <laughs> like no, I know. I've seen it once. Is, I don't need to see it again. I She did look to be on track, but uh, that doesn't take anything away from Vanderbruggen, uh, who crushed the competition. Um, uh, Ellen Van Dyke in third. Mar Marin uh, Rooser in second from yes. Swiss, Switzerland. Marin Rooser, everybody has to go. Go to Pro Cycling Stats, and you'll just click uh-huh. through the women's uh, t- top couple there in the TT at the World Championships, and make sure you click on Marin Marlon Rooser's Pro Cycling Stats picture because she has some amazing hair. It sort oh, wow. of floats off one side of her body. Um, probably not super aero, so I, she had it a little more aero for the race. Also, she got 10th mm-hmm. in the road race, so she had a pretty killer weekend, but obviously not the weekend that Anna Vanderbregen had winning the road race as well. But Marin Roser, I'm I'm voting right now best hair on the Peloton. It has its own structural integrity. Uh, it kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's cantilevered off the side. Uh, we don't have a lot of uh-huh. cantilever brakes anymore in the peloton in any discipline. So I'm glad that the cantilever is still alive and well. I'm a big fan of hers, uh, mostly because of that hair, but also she's having a good season too. Very good. Yeah. No. This this picture is incredible. I w- I would also encourage uh, folks to go check it out. So over on the men's side, not the result we we're expecting. Uh, a lot of surprises here. I think. Yeah. Bit number one. Being uh, Garrett Thomas in fourth place. <laughs> well, somebody um, effed up is what I believe the quote is. Um, was it? <laughs> mm, I, I'm going to assume by that quote that it wasn't Garrett Thomas. No, not Garrett's fault. Somebody clearly not lost his computer supposedly, and he couldn't pace himself well enough. Um, a sob story for the ages, uh, but, uh, Ghana won it, uh, who's kind of an under the radar rider, but not anymore, obviously, uh, yeah. fan favorite Walton second. And then Stephen Kung, who would have been one of Pino's main guys at the tour, but ended up kind of riding his own race and looked pretty good at the tour, but I did not expect to see him crush the TT so well, third place. So I'm looking at this and, um, the finishing time is basically 36 minutes are we to believe that garrett thomas could not pace himself for 36 minutes at a steady level well i I mean i guess he did but he he he, you know he felt there's a little more in there i guess i don't know yeah he could have gone one second faster for each minute he would have uh he would have been able to pull this off pretty much Um, yeah any any other surprises in this tt i mean i think wout van art uh, with the silver medal, I mean, I know he's good at TTs, but I did not expect him to beat like Rowan Dennis and Alex Dowsett and Tom Dumoulin, even yeah. despite his kind of questionable form. Like, I still don't expect Wild on the podium. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I'm not super surprised by it. I'm kind of surprised that okay. he beat like Dennis. Yeah, Dennis and and Capenert uh, so much. I mean, uh, I mean, the way Dumoulin looked when he got beaten a time trial a week ago, um, I'm assuming yeah. he made the face of, you're doping, because I don't believe anything, anyone that beats me, <laughs> which is the feeling I get anytime someone beats Dumoulin now, he's like, doper. I mean, he doesn't say that out loud, but I feel like that's what his face says. So nine people beat him in the TT, uh, so they're all mm-hmm. dirty, test their B samples mm-hmm. again. <laughs> Dumoulin is not okay with this. Uh, I don't well, know. Well, and that's... 
That's fair. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I don't know if it's fair. It might be slander. Let's just say, I mean... We don't know where uh, Felipe Ogana's career is going to go, mm-hmm. but let's just say I don't think anybody's going to be making a cake of him anytime soon. No, he has to win a few more titles before I will write his name on the disc cake that I make uh, <laughs> next time. All right, that's enough time trial right. talk. Uh, women's yeah, Road certainly. Race. It was the Dutch show, as usual, but rather than Van yeah. Vluten, uh, we had again... Anna Vanderbregen winning the road race and the TT, so total domination. But Van Vluten in second, uh, Lisa Longo Bordini in third, even though her elbow tried to keep her into second place. Mm-hmm. And Voss in fourth. Let's talk about the race, I think, and then we can talk about the finish because it was a great race. It was a great couple last laps, yes. especially with a really select group with like Ludwig and stuff. Trying to go clear with Van der and not being able to bring her back. Yeah, those last two laps were pretty ripping for the women's race. Yeah, they were. Um, I I mean, it's hard to talk about the race without addressing the elbow right off the bat. But um, but Anna Van der she got that shot of going yep. solo over that ridge, and they did the whole Bond villain swoop. Uh, yep. It's everywhere on Twitter. It's everywhere on the internet. Watch it. She's definitely going to somehow integrate that i'm assuming into her life whenever she walks in a room that plays before she walks in oh for sure oh little guy if you're in this race if somehow there's an amateur event or whatever and you're in this race in an alternate reality is there any way in which you do not attack before that section just to have that shot for your cinematic uh highlight reel post career Well, that was an interesting thing about this year is we only had all the elites. We didn't have amateur and U23 junior stuff. So, like, there wasn't a lot of beforehand knowledge. So um, I would have been extremely disappointed if I had had the chance, finished the race, and saw a shot of, like, you or Tim out there, (laughs) full Bond villain uh, solo mode. I would have been so mad that I didn't, didn't get that, even if the attack came to nothing. Now, hang on. You bring up something interesting. Okay. Tim Tim has been, and we'll certainly get to this in the men's race recap, but Tim has yeah. uh, a very um, big need for a villain in cycling. Like, he needs a bad guy. Mm-hmm. If the three of us are in a race and the bad guy is going to get the Bond villain shot, who among us is it? Oh, which one of us is the baddie? Is Tim the baddie? <laughs> I mean, he's not yeah, here, I so mean- it feels unfair. Well, but I think he might th- be the baddie. He 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 wants a baddie. It might be because he is a baddie, and he he can only uh-huh. really see the baddies. I all right. I mean, I mean, think think about it. Tim's always in a race. Uh, his peak behind the road racing career, of super rookie. Uh, uh-huh. Tim's always thinks he has a flat, yep. and he tells you this, and he tells you it's all over. He's got a flat, and then five k later, he's driving the pace at twenty five yeah. miles an hour on the front, and you're like. What was all that about having a flat? And then, yeah, so he he's always telling you it's all over and he's got nothing. And then right. he's immediately ripping the group apart. And you're like, come on, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> right. It's a well-worn team tactic. Uh, okay. Well, and I mean, scientifically, this holds up because one of us would have to say he wasn't if we were. Mm-hmm. You know, the rock, paper, scissors theory, it, it couldn't possibly work. So he must be. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. All right, Tim's the baddie. 
Well, so, the baddie in the women's race is Longo. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so here's the thing. We saw this uh, in the Tour de France with uh, Peter Sagan and Wout van Aert. Uh, some elbows, maybe a little more aggressive, obviously. Um, uh, little little tighter quarters uh, up against the barriers as well. So maybe justification for this extra um, headbutts from Sagan, but a very similar situation here from Borghini on Van Vluten and uh, no disqualifications here justified or not little guy. I mean, generally I don't want them to be DQing people, but this seemed to me, even though it didn't cause a huge crash or a huge problem, it seemed like the most blatant use of the elbow to impede another rider that I've seen in a long time. And yes, we're at the World Championships. It's for the podium. And we are in Italy. So boy, did it uh-huh. seem unlikely she was going to get DQ'd. <laughs> uh-huh. But I kept, I mean, I kept refreshing Twitter and, and like pro cycling stats waiting for the, right. waiting for the DQ. I was like, there's, she's got to. And that, that's going to put Voss on the podium. The sweep would not be surprising from the Dutch. But I, I don't know. I, that was a very blatant elbow to me. Like she threw it at that moment. She was in yeah. no way. I don't know. That seemed like the most blatant elbow. I, there was I there was it. there was only one reason to throw that elbow, and it was to impede the rider next to you, right? Yeah. So here's here's the thing: should they have relegated her regardless? She finished third. They were in a group by themselves. They could ceremoniously, basically, relegate her to last in the group she was in, which she already finished last in the group she was in, mm-hmm. and then everybody's sort of happy. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, the, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, she couldn't have... Yeah, I guess they're not going to throw her out the back of the race. So, right, maybe it's like they would have done it if she had finished second. But maybe they should have just pulled the card just to, like, let everybody know. Yeah. Just don't throw that elbow anymore. Like, that's that's the message they've been sending right. in, the men's, in the men's field. And <laughs> this seemed to be the most blatant two-up sprint. I mean, there's no, like... You can't claim you got bumped from the other side or something, you know? It's right. like... I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Well, She's, I mean, it was it was a good race. <laughs> Van Vluten didn't race. seem mad. She took it. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe it was um, on social media. Uh, maybe reacted to even more because Van Fluten obviously a question mark before Worlds with her with her fractured uh, wrist, and then mm-hmm. potentially being you know like elbowed into a crash kind of situation, which didn't happen, but I feel like people were maybe more sensitive to the situation because of that. They're like, oh, she's already riding injured. You don't want to injure her even further. This was a dangerous move. Yeah. Um, it kind of compiles, but we uh, we will never know the decision-making <laughs> process of the UCI despite a thousand-page rule book, which is unfortunate. Yes. Give a shout out to Lauren Stevens in 11th place for the U.S. in that race. Uh, great result. She's been having a great season, um, crushing it over there in Europe. Um, so good job, Lauren. Time to move on? Yeah, I think so. I am very sad that Tim had a scheduling conflict and could not be here this yeah. week because who better to just light the fire under Coach Tim than Julian Philippe winning the Rainbow Stripes for an entire year. Oh, it's sad he can't be here. It's kind of my fault. But uh, 
<laughs> it's my scheduling conflict. But uh, yeah, I I kind of am excited because you know maybe you know maybe he he could probably have made time if he really wanted to. But I imagine he's at home. He's making posters for the front yard right now that say like "Boo down with Philippe. Mm-hmm. You know he, he's getting memes ready. Mm-hmm. He's stocking up. He's gonna have a whole year, but he wants to have uh, that cannon loaded up. Yeah, he's gonna be. I think oh, he's man. got a uh, a flagpole in his front yard at the house, and I'm pretty sure he probably ran a French flag up that flagpole upside down to signal distress. <laughs> and none of the neighbors have any idea that that's yeah. what that is. They're like, is that a different – what country is that? Why does your American flag look so funny? Isn't the French flag the same? <laughs> upside down and not upside <laughs> down. Well, say Julian Alaphilippe wins it. Wout Van Aert gets second uh, again, so two silvers for him. And then mm-hmm. Mark Hershey, who no one can quite seem to decide on a nickname for. He's either something sweet or he's Hershey Hurricane or he's Helium well, Hershey. I don't even know what we're calling here, Hershey Here's anymore. the problem. The classic uh, – well, and the bulk of the uh, cycling media, let's say, English-speaking cycling media in the UK and Australia – the default method is to, you know, like a like a Ben Swift or a Chris Froome or whoever. You just add a Y to the end yep. of the last name to get yep. Swifty or Froomey. And now you've He's got Hershey. There. You can't do it. He doesn't even have a Y there, but you can't do it. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be a conundrum. It's a tough one. I mean, it Hersh- the sweet one is almost a little too easy. So I, uh, McCrossin's been doing the, he- the Hurricane Hershey, which I kind of like. I, I I want to vote for if he attacks on a climb, it's Helium Hershey. Okay. And, and if he does it on a descent, then it's Hurricane Hershey. I think it should be uh, context of the road Okay. related. I, I think it's complicated. We're going to need a chart probably, and we're going to have to distribute this to all the um, broadcasters so that everyone's on the same page. You can – it's sort of right. a flow chart if on a climb and if – Boom. Oh, he's Helium Hershey right now. Okay. All right. I'm voting. I, I like I like this idea, uh, but it is a little complicated to- It's a little uh, complicated. You know, to enact. So I'm just going to go with kisses. So we have <laughs> Hershey Kisses. Um, I think it's a good nickname. It's unique in the Peloton. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's endearing. People, Nobody's going to- He's not going to turn into the Alaphilippe, the villain of mm-hmm. the Peloton, uh, with a nickname like Kisses. Just kisses. Okay, so uh, Alaphilippe first, Van Aert second, and kisses in third, and of course Bling in seventh. It's a, that's a heck of a top ten. The Tim podium happened in sixth, seventh, eighth. I gotta say, um, <laughs> if if Tim were here and and we had done podium predictions, oh my god, Primoz yeah, Roglic, right. Michael Matthews second, Valverde for the uh, for the third step on the podium would have been Tim's pick for sure, and. It did happen, but he is obviously a couple years out of step with reality. Yeah. Of course, Spain, also a couple years out of separate reality, <laughs> uh, continually bringing a strong team and in the position they've been in for the last literally 20 years. And mm-hmm. that no matter who they bring and what strong team they bring, Valverde finishes top dog. So Valverde in eighth, Landa in 16th. Uh, Bilbao in 20th. Like, Spain brought a hugely strong team. You could literally have gone down that list and not been mm-hmm. completely crazy to predict anybody to win. And, um, again, Old Man Valverde is always their top rider. 
unfortunately, at, when he's in his 60s, he's he's probably going to barely be cracking the top 20. And it's just going to get more and more depressing for Spain as he barely finishes top 50 <laughs> as he gets into his retirement age. On the opposite side of the spectrum from Valverde, we had a young gun uh, by the name of Thomas Pitcock in this race. A lot of people... Uh, putting a little star by his name for this one, finishing down in 42nd. Uh, surprised there, little guy, or uh, not surprised at all? I'm not surprised at all. I, I don't know what the British team's fascination is with showing up <laughs> with young, unproven over-the-distance riders, and this is nothing against Pidcock, but like, right. he's been racing U23s... Um, He's going to Ineos next year. He's probably got a great career on the road ahead of him, but like, this is the longest race of the year. You're going to throw him into a 258K race and think he's right. going to come out. Like, they did this with that dude who got busted for doping a few years ago. I don't even remember his name anymore, who was hot stuff on a pro Conti team. And then they, they threw him in the, the worlds when it was in the UK. And they're like, he's going to do it. And you're like, hey, I don't even think he's ever ridden that long. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him in that way. Like, I wasn't surprised when he got dropped. It sort of seemed like desperation on the British team's front because they didn't really have anybody who could match yeah. these guys on the climbs. You know, they had workers, but. True. Um, Americans uh, not oh. doing great. Uh, Sepkos down in 53rd looks like the uh, top place yeah. outside of uh, honorary American Michael Woods. Yeah. Up there in 12th. Good result. 12th. Good result. He he yeah. was kind of my dark horse. I thought this this course would be good for him. Uh, the broken leg situation, um, mm -hmm. you know, meaning that he was uh, fresh, I guess, but maybe not quite there. He was good. Not didn't quite have the moves the the, the legs for that last bit when Alaphilippe went and the little group went away. Uh, my super dark horse that I didn't even mention when I did a preview video for this because I wanted to keep it all to myself was Caruso, who got tenth for Italy. Only because, and 10th is probably about as good as you could expect from him, because I thought all eyes would be on Nibali, mm -hmm. um, be on the leader guys. But Caruso just came out of the tour, and I think he got 10th or 11th at the tour. He's like one of those guys that's always there, but you know they're never going to work for him. And so right. this is kind of the result I expected, but I don't know. It was good. It wasn't the craziest, most amazing race ever. I mean, Pogacar going off the front mm -hmm. at the same moment, 41K, when Vandebregen went off the front. Definitely uh, was exciting there for that lap that he did that and and tried to set up Roglic, which I thought was a nice. I mm -hmm. people were talking about you know the internet was going crazy and 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 the announcers that, that he was going to go solo and I have to admit I never believed it. He'd been talking in the press like how trying to kind of set up Roglic for it and that at mm -hmm. least gave. I know Tim wants to turn Pogachar into a baddie, <laughs> but the fact that. Obviously, we've got Alaphilippe, so I'll, we will cast our eyes over there this year. Tim will mm -hmm. cast his eyes over there. But the fact that Pogacar went there, and it, and in my mind, he was just set, trying to set up Roglic. Like, that's that's the way he'd been think, talking I beforehand. I think so. Yeah. And that, that was a touch of class. Like, he takes the tour from his countrymen, but he's like, I'm going to show up with this crazy form, and I'm going to work for Primos. That do was you think, classy. Um, had it worked out different, do you think Primos would be happier with a tour win or with a world's jersey? Uh, I mean, you probably get more money if you win the tour and then or just get to be a tour winner for the rest of your life. But, yeah. you know, like even like contract negotiations, you probably get more money. I suppose. 
You, you don't uh, get the you don't get that Ineos contract being a, a world champ. Was Kwiatkowski was maybe he wasn't Ineos yet when he won the worlds, but I I don't know. I mean, worlds is you know, it's a little more special in a way. But all right, so Alaphilippe attacks with like eleven k to go uh, on the on the climb, and Wout Van Aert is probably the fastest guy in that group. Well, I think we settled that he was, uh, that he wrapped up uh, second place there. Mm-hmm. Primos didn't cover Philippe. Nobody covered Philippe. Belgium, I think, is a little bit out of shape about that. Uh, do you put that on Primos or anyone else, or, or is that Wout's responsibility to, mm. to be aware that Ala Philippe was obviously going to go on that climb. There was no other place. I mean, I I put it squarely of those riders that got away. I put it on full slang because Ala Philippe has been the thorn in his side, and he should have known that he was going to get stabbed again with Ala Philippe. Because <laughs> I mean, this that is, is true. <laughs> this was all of last spring was was Ala Philippe and full slang dueling it out, and yeah. I kind of feel like he should have been a little more. Uh, attentive, but you know, you got to have the legs and you, you can know it's going to happen. And uh, Hershey, uh, Helium Hershey had been uh-huh. lining him out before Philippe went. So he was sort of already on the rivet when Philippe really put the big dig in. I, I put the chase down though to Kwiatkowski. I feel like other guys were pulling through while it was doing his usual, it's a cycle cross race. I want to be at the front. Yeah. Um, I feel like Kwiatkowski was doing the most pulling through and then immediately turning his head and looking around in that group and, did more okay. to slow that group down. And I mean, I think that's because he knew he would get beat by Wout and Hershey, um, Hurricane Hershey. He'd be by Hurricane Hershey in the sprint. So, um, or Kisses? Kisses yeah. would beat him in the Kisses we, would get him in the sprint. You got to make that stick. Yeah, Kisses yeah. would get him in the sprint, and he did. Um, so We can even we can even concatenate that and, and then call him Mark Hurricane Hershey Kisses. Well, okay, so it's, it's I'm just going to write this down real quick. So it's Kisses in the sprint... <laughs> In like a okay. in a fast finish situation, it's helium uh-huh. on a climb, and it's hurricane when he's going downhill. And I'll okay. um I'll tweet that out um, with the proper charting and stuff for everybody. So we need like here. some sort of inclinometer uh, yeah. attached, maybe to a saddle or something, so we could just sort of tell where he's at at any given. Yeah. Point. Well, if if all the uh, yeah the velon data would be really if we get the onboard. And all the they always have that on screen when we're watching the race. If that would be really important, and then we'd know, you know, right. like so. If 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 he's going up and he gets off the front, then it would just automatically tell the announcers to call him helium or right. Hurricane yeah, just update the screen on the on the live feed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his name will pop across the bottom, and you'll be yeah. like, you'll be like, is this going to come to a sprint finish? And you'd be like, oh, well, the producer thinks it is because they're saying. They're calling him Kisses. This is Mark yeah. K- Hershey. Kissy kisses Hershey, and you're like, "Well, I think he's going to win this sprint." I mean, like they're calling it. They're calling their shot. <laughs> uh, oh man! All right, all right. we've done it. <laughs> well, we have done it. We've pretty much covered worlds. Um, we should check in with our on the ground reporter there at Worlds in seventh place finisher, Michael Matthews. All right, let's do it. Slow 
All right. Welcome to the Prem Lap. Michael Matthews obviously has a lot to say today, probably a lot of choice words. But what we have to do is talk to you about Willas and their delicious, delicious oat milk. It is organic. It is vegan. It's non-GMO. It's a women-owned business. They're trying to become a certified B Corp. They're ticking all the boxes, and it's just yeah. delicious. Um, I know Tim's been talking a lot about putting in his coffee. I've been breakfast it, bacon with it. It's It's been working for everything for me. And so we talk a lot about Willis oat milk, and you can find it over at williskitchen.com, and you can save 20% with the code SLOWRIDE20, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. No. It's fantastic. It tastes great. It's It's made with all organic stuff. All that stuff is great, but... Did you know the two women involved also uh, have long, deep ties to the velodrome and the bike racing scene in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Well, I knew that. I don't know if all our listeners knew that. Probably I not. Have cert- so. I have certainly, I am almost 100% certain, I haven't dug through the data, but I am sure that Elena has dropped me pretty hard on the track and yeah. probably lapped me on the track many times. Uh, she definitely was strong strongest women out there jumped in the men's race many a times mm-hmm. um and definitely definitely rode me off her wheel um was it the oat milk it might have been you don't want to take a it chance you probably want to you probably want to go get some of this delicious oat milk so super good track racer absolutely so not only are you supporting uh, a supporter of the show in the network you're supporting a women-owned business you're supporting somebody that's uh, a company that's trying to do it right and making good products uh, for you, healthy products, but you're also supporting cycling in a nice roundabout sort of way. And uh, that that is awesome. So check it out, williskitchen.com. Use the code SLOWRIDE20 to save yourself 20%. Yeah. You can also find it on Amazon, places like that. But, uh, you know, I'm a recent oat milk convert, so this is very exciting news to me. Like, I, I've kind of always been a an almond milk guy for the last few years, but Mm -hmm. recently over the last, I don't know, six months or so, I've kind of made the switch over to oat so much better. Like if you're, if you're a almond milk or soy milk fan, like give oat milk a shot uh, in general and give Willis kitchen specifically a shot because it's good. It's the best. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So um, definitely support uh, those that support your sport and participate in your sport. We also, speaking of which, need to uh, uh, talk about Grimper Brothers and their blends of coffee that support tons of different cycling uh, personalities and ventures. And one of those is the Wide Angle Podium. We have two blends there at Grimper Brothers. You can head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to head straight over there or just go to grimperbrothers.com. And check out the Wide Angle Podium Blends. We've got uh, Cycle Cross Friends, and we've got uh, the Viewer Mail there right now, both delicious uh, blends of coffee that you can purchase and enjoy, and part of that proceeds go to support what we're doing here on the Wide Angle Podium Network. So another win-win scenario for you. Indeed, and don't forget, don't be a skimper. Serve them grimper. Yeah, you got to remember go. that. Serve, serve your friends some delicious coffee. Don't give them the bad stuff. Get them the grimper. Don't know. The last thing we want to shout out is the uh, um, Wide Angle Podium branded uh, 
chamois cream available from Buckler Skincare. Uh, the Miracle Wrap is uh, just the tingle is the miracle. That's the tagline we came up with. It's got a slight menthol tingle to it. It is glorious stuff. Um, and uh, and yeah, head over to bucklerskincare.com. Check that out. Again, portions of the proceeds supporting what we're doing here at the network. So we'd appreciate it. Yeah. And check out all the other shows on the network. We've also got a YouTube channel. Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel. Um, I'm doing some mediocre stuff over there, but Bill is completely crushing it with the cyclocross videos uh, coming back. I will keep doing mediocre stuff as long as they keep doing road races, which, according to my calendar, is every other day for the next six to nine weeks. But if you're like me, I was kind of not feeling – I was okay with no cyclocross happening. And then I watched uh, some cyclocross – the some bill's work and i immediately yeah. missed cyclocross <laughs> and it was a good pain pain in my heart but i uh, i had sort of shut it out and then i watched it and it looks great it's awesome and it made me miss cross so bad and just really looking forward to getting back at it but um yeah. go check out the videos good stuff uh it's true that that cyclocross one really did hit me yeah right right in the cyclocross feelings so um, yeah. wideanglepodium.com slash YouTube or youtube.com slash wideanglepodium. Either one. Whatever way. You, yeah. <laughs> if you forget which way it goes, they both get you there to the page. We would appreciate That's... it if you subscribe. We've, we're up to almost 800 subscribers. And when we get Ooh. to 1,000, we will finally be able to make 2 or $3 off of all the content and all the effort <laughs> that we are putting into the wide yeah. angle podium YouTube. So it really will help. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, like and subscribe our videos, like subscribing really, 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 really helps. Um, if you yeah. can do anything to support the network, at least do that yeah. cost you nothing. And it helps us greatly. So we'd like to see it hit a thousand. Hopefully we can do it over the next couple of weeks and, uh, you can enjoy great content on the channel. All right, let's get back to the show. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, we are back, and I've got a couple emails we'll address this week. Tim's really the email master, so I'm going to stumble through these here. <laughs> this one says, Klein Corner? What happened to Klein Corner? I've been listening since around fall 2018, and since then, I've seen so many Kleins. Every time I think about the Klein Corner, I will send pictures of the various Kleins I see. Cheers. Connor from Colorado. Nice. Keeping the Amazing. alliteration thing going. Yeah. Um, let me tell you what's happened to the Klein Corner. Uh, my client is in the corner in the basement currently. Uh-huh. I believe it has a rear flat tire, and it is three or four back in the stacking order just physically to get to. Yeah. Um, so I will have to get motivated to get it out as it is. I can, I can get to other bikes easier. So that's, yeah. that's currently the Klein corner situation. Uh, not a lot of Klein corner updates, I think as well, because we did kind of blow up, um, the prices on those, not so much of a nice, uh, option for picking up a super sweet vintage, uh, bike these days. Um, yeah. Unless you have we, some been... generational wealth at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah, the clients are getting expensive. Uh, we are trying to transition to soft ride corner, but also <laughs> perhaps that's, that's a little a too, too dumb, far. and maybe we're yeah. blowing it up a little bit too much as well. So um, that's that's the current update. I still got the client. I will try to get some real client corner updates in the next few weeks. I, I the the clock is ticking, as you know, Spencer in Minnesota to ride outside that isn't sloppy oh, yeah. and terrible. Um, so I do need to get the client out. This is a good reminder. I got to get out to the mountain bike trails a couple more times before it is fat bike season, and I have to hear everybody talk about their fat bikes and how silly it is that I only have 2.3s <laughs> on my bike. I'm like, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. But thanks for the email. Uh, we got another one, kind of in the same uh, same same vein here. This one says okay. 23 minutes of hell. Guys, after the 21 stages of the tour, I swore to myself there couldn't be a worse possible torture, but then this popped up on my feed. How to clean your bike, Chris Horner's corner, with excellent demonstration analysis by the cute ball himself. Maybe this is his idea of bike porn, all soaked up and greasy? Question mark. What will, <laughs> oh. what wit and thrills will Chris think of next? God forbid he decides to share his knowledge of cyclocross skills. Um, uh. And he sent us the link to it. Uh Thank you, Jeff. Um, we had seen that. It is – it's a thing. Uh, if you want to watch that, go to it. Find it. I'll I'll let you find it on your own. You can find it. Yeah. yeah. Chris, Chris Horner's Power Hour, uh, How to Clean the Bike, huh? Um, <clears throat> we need to trademark the cycling, uh, you know, fill-in-the-blank corner because I, I feel like we're getting encroached upon here just a little bit. A little bit, and I – I got to think, even though I had never said Klein Corner when this happened, I did stand next to Chris Horner at the start of a cyclocross race one time, and I got to think he stole it out of my brain when we were standing there in the dark. That's probably true. Uh, Hopefully, he will share more of his cyclocross skill knowledge because that is, I will admit, some of the funniest stuff uh, (laughs) out there in the cycling world. Um, If you haven't, uh, do a Google image search for Chris Horner and like foam, I don't know what you write, foam on the top tube. He yeah. would show up to Jingle Cross for many years, and he would put a big like frame pad on and and one of those pads on his stem like you'd run on your BMX bike in the eighties. Yeah, um, very a... funny to see. Also, very funny to be in a race with and look over and think, "Wow, that's Chris Horner. He's 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 you know this road racer." And then he's got foam all over his bike, and it definitely made me feel a little better. I knew he's going to still rip my legs off. But yeah. that he didn't really know what he was doing um, made me feel a little better to not know what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I guess I understand what you're worried about with the foam on the bike, but I don't understand how you are so worried, like so sure that you are going to get yourself in that situation. Um, <laughs> like the confidence there, I guess, you know, maybe it needs to be applauded. The self-awareness would be like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm definitely going to miss my pedals and you know, land on my top tube and, uh, this extra inch of foam is, it's going to be the savior of my, you know, next year's season. So, well, a lot of guys would, would be too caught up in their own ego and masculinity to admit that. And Chris obviously, and I can assume that it was actually in his discovery channel, whatever, uh, what team was that then? I don't even know. Radio Shack. I don't know. Radio Shack, probably his Radio Shack contract. They had probably seen him do cross, and when he said he was going to keep doing crust, they put a little line in the contract that was like foam all over the bike. <laughs> Must have foam. <laughs> <laughs> we do actually need you to try to set a tempo for Lance on yeah. the front uh, next That's year. That's fair. 
That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to distract you from the emails, but I just had a thought enter my brain uh, that I did not address in our world's uh, coverage from the first half of the show. All right, hit me with it. Did you see the podium presentation after the men's race? I did not. I turned it off. I don't think there has ever been a better, and I've seen podiums with Marcel Kittle and, and Bob Jungles on them, but I don't think that there has ever been a better full podium of podium hair than mm. 2020 Worlds in Emola. All right, that's possible. Hershey kind of has the side shave, right? He has a little, he, like, poof Yeah, thing he's on. got this curly bowl situation with the side shave that is so strange and interesting that it's good. <laughs> and Wout Van Aert has height like I've never seen from him before. Like, he was in top form today, clearly. Yep. Many ways. Uh, and Alaphilippe, obviously, always... Just has that little bit of uh, early 2000s Johnny Depp-ish kind of, uh, you know, nonchalance going on. Uh, That was, uh, it's very good. So I don't know if anyone thinks that there's a podium out there that defeats this one, that tops this. But uh, hit us up uh, at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Uh, Use the hashtag Ask Slow Ride and let us know if you think there is a better podium hair podium than 2020 Worlds. That's a good point. I, uh, speaking of Worlds, the hair, I think we should just take a moment. I had, uh-huh. We didn't fully sit with this before, is that we talked so much about Hershey's nickname and how we need to give him a nickname because he's new on the scene. You mean Kisses? How n- yeah, Kisses. Okay. How new he is. I mean, he was like known a known quantity coming up through the ranks, but he wasn't this A-class rider three weeks ago, right. you were like, who's that guy off the front with Philippe? Right. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I've heard of him. I guess he's pretty good, but is he this good? And now he's on the world's podium. Um, he's winning stages at the tour. Like, this has been a a second half of the season. I mean, dude's only 22. Yeah. Philippe's the oldest guy on that podium, and what is he? 28. Like, yeah. Some young, some kids. I mean, it is a good point. I mean, when Hershey was off the front in the tour and then, you know, getting uh, second place and getting a third place and then getting a victory, um, yeah, I kind of was like, I don't know, who's this random guy, like, from, from Sunweb? Um, definitely not a household name, and if he was for you, then you are a super big nerd because nobody... Nobody really knew uh, who this guy yeah. was. Um, but yeah, he's bringing it. He's totally bringing it. It's weird how fast in cycling sometimes you go from just learning who someone is to not being surprised that they're attacking on the last lap of the world championships. Like It's a very right. quick couple weeks to just be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Form well, is so quick and fleeting sometimes, uh, you know, and someone might disappear for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. Do we have anything else? Kind of World Championship is it. Yeah, we've got a, a few more emails, but I think we want to definitely have Tim on board to uh, to help us answer some of these. So we're going to push them off to yeah. next week. Um, yeah, we may as well um, 
kind of wrap this one up a little early. Uh, you know, I I hate to do it to uh, to the fans, but you know nobody wants to hear us talk. Well, Tim's at home, fuming about Al Philippe. Uh, it, it with no rest for the cycling fan. We got Flesh Wallone, uh this Wednesday, so right after uh, this podcast will drop, and then we do have the Giro starting on um, the third uh, of October. So uh, when we speak this time next week, we'll we'll talk about the beginning of the Giro. And Liege, Bastogne, Liege, and Flesh Wallone, because the world is completely crazy. Um, I don't even know who's going to win the Giro yet. I got to do the do the maths on that. But um, you know, get ready. You're right back into it. Uh, and uh, I want everybody to tweet at us and email us with uh, their ideas of who they would bake as a cake for their significant others. Which cycling's uh, which cycling hero? Would you most like to receive or bake as a cake? And uh, I know I'll have my answer next week. I expect you guys will as well. We'll just see. We'll just see what, what that brings. Uh, but everybody go enjoy the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Good yeah, television. I'm going to go check that out for sure. My birthday's not too far away, so I'm going to have to start planting some rider seeds into Very Caitlin's good. mind so that can get that cake shaped how... I want. I actually don't know who I would want. That's that's gonna be a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stew on that here for a little bit, and then I'll. Uh, well, I'm not gonna stew. I'm gonna mix on that, and then I'll bake it up. We should thank uh, BK One of Rhyme Sayers for our intro and outro music. All the other shows on the Wide Angle Podium. Go check them out. Uh, check out our sponsors. We got willaskitchen.com. You can go over there. Use the code SLOWRIDE20. Save yourself 20% off. Uh, yeah, willaskitchen.com. Save yourself 20% using the code SLOWRIDE20. You can also hit up uh, Grimper Brothers. Uh, you can use wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to get yourself over there and check out the coffees we got. Also, Buckler Skincare. Uh, and pick yourself up some Miracle Wap if you've been riding the trainer indoors. Uh, it is uh, something you're going to need. Um, yes. So, as always, continue to send us emails, slowridepodcast, the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us or Instagram us at the slowridepod. And uh, I think that wraps us up for the week. I think it does. I've been Matt in Minneapolis. And I have been Spencer in Boston, reminding you. To always wave at all your fellow cyclists as you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.